Pod Mod Bods, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. I'm Tim Held, your host. You know that. I'm sitting here in a room, a hotel room in Ann Arbor, Michigan, recording this intro for you. I'm drinking a Two-Hearted Ale, which is a Bell's Brewery. That's what I pretty much lived off when I was in grad school in Kalamazoo. And we can't get that in Washington, so it's been nice to be able to have this this my this beer it's an american ipa that actually tastes good i'm not a big i mean ipas are just so overdone Ugh. anyways uh today we have dan wallbeck on the show of dpw design out of sweden um really interesting talk i think you guys are gonna enjoy it a lot and i want to thank dan for coming on and uh before we get started i just want to tell you guys you should go check out dpw.se um He's got some really cool stuff, and, well, we're going to get into that. But first, I want to say that this episode is brought to you by Needham Woodworks, N-E-E-D-H-A-M Woodworks. Go to NeedhamWoodworks.com to check out all the awesome, uh, fine, fine handcrafted furniture that Eric Needham makes that happens to also be, uh, your rat cases. Um, if you want... If you want just like the most beautiful, beautiful case, go go check that out, please. Um, also, I want to say that uh, Modular Seattle and Patchworks present Velocity October 5th. Tickets are on sale. Um, it's going to be really fun. I'm going to do a live podcast, and uh, Ben Divkid Wilson's going to help me co-host. Um, Nick the Moody's going to be there. Our Benny's going to be there. Banna Hafar's going to be there. Basics gonna be there, Donald Crunk, Dark Sparkler, like so many, so many people. Um, yeah, it's gonna be really fun. So if you don't live in Seattle, it, it'd be worth coming out for. Um, also go check out uh, Recovery Effects just released a new uh, delay module, delay reverb module called Dirty Murals. And I don't have one yet, but it looks and sounds amazing. And I cannot wait to get one. Um, let's see, what other business do we have? Source of Uncertainty podcast, the Buchel podcast, uh, episode two is either out or coming out within moments of you hearing this, and they've got Suzanne Chiani. Boom. So if you think that I didn't talk to Suzanne enough about Buchel stuff, Robert and Kyle will have you covered. I also want to tell you to check out uh, Esoteric Modulation podcast with uh, Ed Ball and and Divkid Wilson. They just released an episode last week that was all about effects and improv. And uh, it was really, really cool to hear both of their takes on that. Both of them have uh, such unique, they come from such unique backgrounds and have really, really interesting things to say. So I learned a lot from it. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's just, it's so cool to see like, there are four modular podcasts right now that are all, that are all pretty different. They have a lot of similarities, but they're all kind of doing their own thing, and it's been really fun. Um, so yeah, I think that's business out of the way. I want to tell you a little bit about my day that I've had today in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, today's like my only day that's going to be free. Um, starting tomorrow, Sunday, all the way through next Friday, I'm going to be in classes until like from like... Uh, 7 a.m. to 5 or 6 p.m. It's gonna be 
real shitty. But so today I had a day to go and check out Ann Arbor. I, even though I lived in Michigan, I've never been to Ann Arbor. And I wanted to see if there were some cool record shops, uh, bookstores, and breweries. And of course, all of them exist down there. So I uh, started the day, I got me some hiking boots because I'm going to go on a backpacking trip in a few weeks. But that doesn't matter. It's not that interesting. Um, so I found three record shops, actually, and um, they were all cool. The first one I went to, I ended up finding this, uh, I, I always like to ask, what do you have that's local? Um, it doesn't have to be electronic. If you have some local electronic, that's cool, but I'm really just like, I like to go to towns, check out the record stores, and say, give me your best local shit. And from my experience, it's usually... They usually just say, oh, you're just going to have to dig through it. So it's, it takes some time, and you can't always figure it out. So, but this first record store I went to had this, uh, this tape that says uh, it's called Rodent Control with a K. And it's got this funny, like, uh, almost like itchy and scratchy looking mouse, but it's a skull on the front. And it's like this live recording of some 80s Ann Arbor hardcore. Um, and it's just so delightfully shitty as far as like the the recording quality goes but it's funny and it's uh it's just like it's it's really fun it's really fun so if you go to um fuzzy warbles cassettes on Bandcamp, you can check that out um so i felt a little bit like oh okay well at least i got one thing and then i ended up stumbling across this record shop called encore records now encore records is a fucking sweet sweet record shop and it was kind of like my dream. So I walked in, I asked, hey, what do you got for local stuff? Um, especially like electronic. And then the guy said, oh, hey, see this like bin here with 150 tapes in it? That's mostly local, mostly noise electronic. I'm like, come again? Like that's, what? So what I do in situ, well, I've never had a situation like this, but what I like to do is just go through and pick out what kind of packaging just catches my eye and you know names and stuff so I grabbed five of the the ones that look the most interesting to me now keep in mind there's like 95 more cassettes I'm like okay well I'll grab these five and listen and then I'll pick the one that I like and then I'll go back and pick some more and listen to those and blah 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 all five of them were like awesome so I got this is like 2013 release um, a group or an artist called Supporting Roles. The album is called Dysmorphia. You can find that on Bandcamp. It came in this like CD-sized cardboard package, double uh, double cassette. Nice dark ambient stuff. Um, then another double split. Um, again, another like ambient experimental kind of dark. Uh, two bands, Corporeal Spiritual and Strange Mountain. Uh, so it's the Lost Trail and Modern Sad cassette, and those were, it's pretty dark and, and interesting. Um, one of the, the coolest package probably is from a band called Crime Victims, and it's on uh, Impermanent Project, which is it's a record label from Portland, but Crime Victims is from Michigan, I believe. So that was kind of a cool Pacific Northwest, Midwest connection. Um, just really nice electronic there. Uh, another tape from Versus Media Company, the Gary Gilmore Memorial Society. The album's called Leave Me Alone. It kind of reminds me of like uh, if Pedro the Lion was darker and more lo-fi. 
and no Christianity involved. Uh, so it's pretty good. But the one that really, really got me excited, and I've already listened to it uh, twice today while I was walking around Ann Arbor, is uh, Gem Jones. G-E-M Jones. It's like if you took dub, lo-fi, and psychedelia and like combined it all together and added some experimental, it's, uh, it's like that. So um, actually, that's what you've been hearing playing under me talking been tracked from this Jem Jones record that I found. Um, I also, so I went to another record store called Underground Sounds after that, and the guy was not super stoked about answering my questions. Uh, the lady that worked in there was pretty nice, so I was like, well, I'll still support him. And I did find one local band, um, Zavava, Z-Z-V-A-V-A. The album's called Mutable Moons. It's just like fun indie rock. So, uh, yeah. Bought some Mark Twain books at a bookstore called the Don Treader Bookshop. And then I went to uh, Arbor Brewing, bought myself a t-shirt, had some beers, and then I went and rode one of those fucking powered scooters around. Uh, and it's uh, those things are dangerous. Coming from a guy who can ride a skateboard, that was uh, that was pretty pretty terrifying stuff. Um, this track that you hear playing below me right now. Is, uh, is a listener submission, and I'm so sorry that it took so long for me to get to this, um, but um, it was submitted a while ago, and when people submit stuff, I kind of make a pool, and then I forget what I've played, and, you know, so please still submit stuff. It just might take me a while to get to it, and I really apologize for that, but um, the track is called Cascading, and it's from uh, Dimly Fall, Dimly Fall? D-I-M-L-E-A-F-F-A-L-L Dimly Fall I think it's Is it a play on Dimly and Fall? I don't know I kind of like it either way Um, And it's from the album called Whisper Under Trees And you can go to Bandcamp to find that D-I-M-L-E-A-F-F-A-L-L Dot Bandcamp dot com Um, Sorry about no demos this week It's just hard for me to do here In the, uh, the hotel room With everything that's going on um, but please do go check out expertsleepers.co.uk to uh, learn more about all these firmware updates that have come out for the, the Disting Mark IV. I think it's on 4.12 now, so it's been three updates just this year. Um, and it's so easy to update. You just take an SD card out. It's, it's less than five minutes to do everything, to download it, put it on the SD card, take the SD card out, put it into your Disting, load it up. It's, it's Seriously, you can do it in three minutes probably um so yeah there's that yeah just just check out needham woodworks expert sleepers patchworks velocity in seattle october 5th um source of uncertainty podcast esoteric modulation podcast and uh yeah with without any further ado and no demo let's uh, let's talk to dan walbeck Oh, and one more thing I wanted to tell you. Um, my sister Lonnie, my younger sister Lonnie, and her husband Stephen have a podcast called uh, We Believe You. And they focus on, like, supernatural and, you know, just kind of weird stuff like that. And they have people come on and tell weird stories. And I had a weird experience uh, a few weeks back. And uh, I went on their podcast and talked about it. And I feel a little silly about it. Um, get pretty personal. But it's a... It's a yeah, it might be a fun listen. Um, 
but their other episodes are a lot of fun. So I advise you to please check out and subscribe to their podcast. We believe you podcast. Um, they're, they're fun. And I made a, uh, I made a, an intro song for them on, on my episode. So, uh, yeah, please check that out. So, um, <laughs> oh man. So it's almost one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's three thirty my time. I just got home from work. I got home and I, I, uh, scarfed down some quick lunch and yeah, I really appreciate you staying up so late to do this. Well, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a night person, so it's, it's kind of a problem with my day job. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the time when I'm the most uh, productive. I come up with yeah. new ideas and stuff. So, Yeah, that seems to be, it seems to be whenever I lay down at night, that's when I get like a new, an idea for a new patch or, uh, you know, any, any sort of creative thing. Every time, you know, all the lights are off and everything's down and, oh, now I, now I have this great idea. So, <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um I wake up at 5 a.m. to go to work, though, so I, I have to I have to ignore those thoughts and go to bed and save them for the weekend. But but you do write them down, do you? Uh, sometimes, yeah. If if you know, it's funny. You 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 think, oh, it's such a good idea. I'll never forget it, mm-hmm. and that is not true. It's it's never once been true. I've never remembered whatever that great idea was. Yep. So yeah, if if it's if it is something that I do uh, really want to pursue, I will write it down. Yeah, I, I do the same, and I, I um, <clears throat> it is like uh, ideas for lyrics and stuff. Uh, you, yeah, you come up with these wonderful lines, and uh, yeah, so so I have a file where I just, <laughs> whenever I, yeah, get an idea, I fill it out. Well, well. Yeah, and the same, you know, that is, and the same for uh, uh, modular stuff. Yeah, well, I definitely want to get into that. It seems it seems like there's there's a lot of people who who have a lot of negative things to say about the phone. I will say one of the positive aspects is waking up and rolling over and being able to type something into your notepad really quick yep. rather than find a pad and pen and turn on the light and try to write it down and <laughs> it's funny to read it the next day and see all of the uh the misspelling and typos though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're talking about lyrics. That's that. That might be a good segue to uh, to kind of go into your musical history because you you do a lot musically, and it's not just electronic stuff. Um, do you want to just give us your your background on on uh, when the bug of music got you and how you got into being a musician and then into engineering? How, how far back do you want me to start? As how as far back as you'd like. I, I I like this to be kind of an open ended question and and just have have uh, the guest interpret it and just just kind of talk about whatever they want. It it really started when I was sixteen, I guess, because a friend of mine, Mats, he, he started to play, and uh, I thought it seemed cool, and um, I got the guitar from my dad actually. After failing, uh, <laughs> trying to play flute <laughs> and piano for some years earlier, so I don't know why he trusted me with the guitar. But well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and that that in, in itself is a kind of a fun story. His, a friend of his, uh, his son, moved down to Munich and started to do uh, to write music for uh, bands like Boney M and things like that. And he had left some gu- oh, wow. guitars at home. Um, in the little town 
250 kilometers north from Stockholm, where I grew up. So um, my dad got to buy an acoustic guitar that was left in a cupboard. And <laughs> that is still the only uh, steel-stringed acoustic guitar I have because I haven't found anything that's better. That's funny. So does your dad play, or did he just buy it because it was available? Uh, he knew that I wanted to play, and he's uh, well. He, he likes to buy and sell uh -huh. sell stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my dad too. I, I I know how that goes. I actually got my first uh, steel string guitar that I still have um, from my mom. It was it was just sat in a case under the bed my whole life. She got it when she was uh, in seventh grade and never really took it up, but she had it the whole time. And ah. that's when I yeah, that's how I got kind of started. Listening to Garth Brooks when I was six or seven years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, not not the coolest, not the coolest origin story, but. <laughs> well, you, you should you should hear what I was listening to at that age. <laughs> so I, I I more or less started listening to music in a more real way at I don't know at sixteen or something. So I was kind of late, or maybe mm -hmm. maybe a little bit earlier. But the funny thing is that the first album I I bought uh, is actually something I still like. There was um, this year's model uh, by Elvis Costello. Re oh yeah, I have that framed on my wall. Mm. That, that that LP. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites. A really good one. <coughs> mm -hmm. Most of the other stuff I was listening to back then uh, doesn't stand the test of time, sort of. <laughs> yeah. you know that's funny i was just talking to somebody about that um there's there are a few things that i can still listen to from yeah those days and it, it is it is really interesting to see what oh yeah this this is this was good and i was completely wrong about this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you get into elvis costello uh yeah and punk of course the yeah first mm -hmm. wave of punk uh, which was really hard to get by, uh, come by uh, in the city where I grew up. So um, anything I could get my hands on, more or less. And uh, yeah, and at the same time, also what I thought was funny music, like Residents, Snake Finger, and Devo, and um, all those, and uh, also that well, rhythm and blues stuff like Rory Gallagher and. Uh, and and uh, more or less everything, I guess. Yes, yeah. and whatever. So you just kind of just anything that was good, you yeah. were you were open to it. Yeah. But but punk rock was kind of your main your main thing. Yeah, that's when I started playing guitar, and uh, I that it feel, felt so liberating because uh, I've never liked rehearsing. <laughs> so. so um, <laughs> Uh, th this idea that if you had an instrument and just wanted to do th something, then just do it. Mm -hmm. And um, in a way, that mentality has been been there. Whenever I start something new, I my first thought is usually, how hard can it be? <laughs> and then I uh, realize it can be hard, and but then I just solve whatever is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so so you get into playing uh playing guitar and then you get you get the punk rock bug and uh 
when I was going over your your about section on your website, I was like, oh my god, I want to talk about this and th- and that. So, um, so how did you get into? Um, I guess I guess we could go one of two ways. I'll let you decide. You do you do electrical engineering yep. stuff, and have worked for uh, the Swedish government. Is that right? Um, no, you, you or the military. Well, that, that was for Ericsson. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was designing. Uh, radar stuff like for uh, surveilling uh, radar surveillance stuff high um, okay. uh, power transmitters like 20 kilowatt transmitters and stuff and that used for um, oh. artillery hunting radar and so on okay and is that something that you still work with or is that just something in the past no it was a short period of 10 years <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so i uh, that, that's, that was in the past when I was living in the south of Sweden. So now I'm in, uh, well, telecom kind of uh, optical transport, okay. internet backbone stuff. Okay, that's well. I actually, I, I, um, I'm a, an 06 electrician here in the the states. Oh. Um, so it's just low voltage. So I do a lot of uh, install of you know Cat six cable and fiber and. And stuff like that. Ah, okay. So, I'm I'm like the I'm the I'm kind of the uh, the grunt work side of that. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So if you ever, yeah, well, uh, yeah, you 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 might have touched things that I've been involved with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as advanced as I get is pull it through a ceiling and and uh, support it, and then let smarter people than me go and hook it up and make it work. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, well, all this time I've been uh, working with it. We, we've uh, rarely touched anything slower than one gig. So uh, it's wow. And uh, now we're doing well. 10 and 100 gig, more mainly 100 gig, I guess. Dang, and then, that's fast. Yeah, and then you pack a lot of those uh, via different colors into one fiber, so you can get something we sold a lot for many years was packing like 80 uh, laser color colors of 10 gig into one fiber, and it's, uh, well, yeah. Wow. Wow. So can you dispel some fiber myths for us? Because I know a lot, I see a lot of, um, uh, well, my, one, my best friend, he, he moved into this apartment a few years back and he said, yeah, they, they said there's one gig internet. But then when I went into his house, I saw he had a Cat5 jack. And I was like, well, you have one gig until it hits that bottleneck. <laughs> so um, how, does, how does that work? Is it st- if, if, if you hit that bottleneck in your backbone of a building, is it still... Is it still going to be a little faster, even even hitting that that Cat five or Cat six cable from the short run from the backbone to the apartment? It, I guess it depends on how long your uh, Cat five cable is, because it's do, okay. it's doing this uh, well speed negotiation and checks how I guess I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not so good at the tra- <laughs> the traffic parts. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm more at the electrical side, kind of. Right. Well, I just thought I always thought that since I've gotten in this trade, I always thought that was a little sneaky of these apartment buildings trying to advertise as one gig, and I'm like, well, you're not actually going to get that in your apartment building unless no one's running fiber to every unit. Yeah, and that but. that one gig is probably uh, feeding a lot of customers. So, 
Yeah. In mm-hmm. theory, you could get that if uh, no one else is using their <laughs> their connection. And uh-huh. the thing in the other end where you're trying to download something from isn't busy, well, sharing traffic with, yeah, I don't know. So it's... So did you get into... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, well, um, yeah. did you get into the electrical engineering side uh, by way of music or did those two worlds uh, collide later on in life Uh, the electrical side has always been a hobby so Mm -hmm. ever since I was really small I was taking old stuff apart and uh, you know connecting light bulbs and bells and stuff and my, my dad was also into electronics, so uh, he and a friend of his were building some communication, well, radio stuff, mm-hmm. way, way back. And he, he used to buy these popular electronics uh, magazines and, and so on and try to build things. And, and uh, he told me, this is cool, you should try this. And he gave me some some kits when I was, I don't know, 10. And I okay. probably got two out of five to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad for a 10-year-old. How <laughs> will he have, he helped me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, then it kind of grew because uh, it, it seemed interesting in a way. I, I don't know why, but it's was sort of kind of something magical with it in a way. Mhm. Okay. So when when did the, when did you connect the dots of that that hobby with music? Was it like circuit bending stuff from the young age or did that come later? Uh with music I think it was when I started build to play guitar. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time I um, also heard that Brian May had built his own guitar and uh, you know Mm-hmm. That was really that impressed me. So I, uh, yeah, how old was I? Sixteen, seventeen, maybe, when I built my first pickup uh, from a. <laughs> I unwound the coil from a transformer and took some toy magnet and some piece of iron, and it sound it sounded, it had a sound, <laughs> but. It, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded like you were submerged in water when you were playing or something. <laughs> it was really horrible, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that, that was the first one. <laughs> okay, and then and then I, I've been confused about the um, the the Eurorack and guitar pedal stuff. And are there two company names? And do you or is it? I, it, it, is, is it, it, it's more pronounced Mog um, or Merg, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's more like a brand name. Uh, the, the company name. I I started this company, DP, DPW Design. Uh, I think that was in early nineties because I was bored. Um, <laughs> so I thought <laughs> I'll do th- something, and then I was bored at work. I for a short period of time I had a. I had a manager who didn't want me to use my full potential. So I thought, okay, then I'll do it off work. <laughs> uh, but that was a very short period of time. And then 
and was fun at work again. And I had this dormant company. And um, yeah, I, I got to know Martin Lopez of uh, Soen. Do you listen to progressive metal? Uh, not a whole lot, no. But for I'm sure a lot of the listeners do. So you may have just mentioned some some names that went over my head that the listeners know. But who who was it you mentioned? Uh, Martin Lopez. He, he used to play in uh, Opeth for ten years. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I've heard I've heard of Opeth. I'm I'm not like really familiar, but I've I've definitely heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, he he started to work at my work. <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of fun. Were you a fan of the band at the time? No, not really. Okay. No. Uh-huh. I hadn't listened that much, but I I was heading the hardware department at uh, at that time. So, uh, mm-hmm. one of the guys in my group came came into my office one day. He was kind of excited and said, "Oh, do you know who's started to work and and this on this department?" So, nah. It's, it's Martin <laughs> Lopez. He shook my hand. I'm not going to wash in a week. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is a very level-headed guy in my age. And, uh, <laughs> uh, there must be some special person. So I went down and had a look at him. He was just a normal guy. <laughs> but then over time, we we started to talk a little bit more. And uh, turned out that he had just founded uh, or st- started to work on the first album for Soen. Okay. And, um, yeah. Um, that album got released, and uh, they were going to go on uh, on tour together with Paradise Lost. So mm-hmm. he asked me if I want to come. And I said, well... Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, why? I said, well, <laughs> well you, you seem to solve things, he said. Well, yeah, okay then. So I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with no prior background, I uh, I followed as the as their tour manager. So they they were opening for Paradise Lost, and um, which was kind of fun because Paradise Lost had been opening for Opeth when the, when Martin played there. Uh huh. So uh, he knew them. Um, yeah, really nice guys. So I went with them on a three week European tour. Uh, well, with no background at all in in that business, uh huh, it was fun. <laughs> and wait, uh, what what company were you guys working for at the time? What were you? What was the business you were you were doing? It, it was called Transmode. Uh, okay. And uh, a few years ago, it got acquired by this American company, so now we're called Infinera. Okay, so it was the telecom stuff yep. that you were working with. Okay, yeah. okay. So it still wasn't musically related at that point. He just said, come along, and you were touring manager, problem solver. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and then for the second album, um, he thought something should be done with, uh, with the bass tone. And I've had my ideas about distortions and so on for many years and I thought okay then I'll I'll help help out a bit and uh, so I did the normal you know market analyzing thing and uh, I got a reason to go down to 
music messe in uh, in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I took that as a reason to go on vacation and have a look on <laughs> cool stuff. Uh, but th- there wasn't anything there the way I wanted the distortion to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, you, you have, if you distort bass, you, you get these, you have the normal problems that it clogs up in the lower mid range and you lose the low end and you lose the transients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, a way that many pedal builders solve that is that they do a bypass. But if you do a bypass and mix an uncompressed signal with a compressed signal, they don't marry well together. I don't think so, at least. That's one thing. Okay. And the second thing is if you distort something and filter it, uh, you will get some kind of phase delay through that uh, the distortion path of the pedal. And then the bypass will uh, give you... Uh, comb filter effects and oh, okay. um, it sounds harsh and not, not so nice so so I thought how sh- should I solve this and I thought well why why not do a do a normal distortion for the lower mid-range and then instead of doing a bypass I do a, another distortion for the same type for the really low uh, all the way down to 10 hertz, and uh, oh. and then I do another distortion for uh, for where the transients are, and just uh, and then then I did a third uh, fourth one in between where the transients are and the lower mid range, so it's a uh, the higher mid range, so so to speak, to um, uh, so you can color your sound kind of a little bit. Okay, and now, now, so the, do those individual uh, four distortions have their own kind of control knob area on the uh, on the box, or yeah? How do you solve? Okay, okay, wow, all right, that sounds pretty cool. I've always wondered why you see you know fuzz versus bass fuzz pedals. Um, so that that makes a little bit more sense now that it's uh, the low the f- low frequencies have a hard time with the distortion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one had solved for that yet. They just when I was designing. I mean, it, I guess with the bypass, but yeah. Well, yeah. as I was designing it, I realized why, uh, <laughs> why there, there wasn't <laughs> any product like that out there because uh, it's it's very. Let's see, if you have several bands, and as soon as you start distorting something you will produce upper harmonics that spread upwards in uh, in the frequency range and you will get mm-hmm. that from all these four distortions uh, which means that uh, since they are all are slightly uh, phase shifted because of the filtering you could still get um, uh, harsh uh, comb filter effects where the upper harmonics collide so okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that there was <laughs> so it, it wasn't it wasn't a super easy design i would say yeah <laughs> it doesn't sound like it so but did it did it and it ended up ended up working eventually you 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 trouble troubleshot it down to uh to a successful 
fuzz or I guess overdrive bass or distortion. Yeah, it it, it is. It is bo- both. Uh, uh, if you set it low, it could be a preamp, warm sounding preamp, uh, or an overdrive or distortion. Uh, okay. The the fun thing is during the design process, uh, Martin and I we were, we were talking about uh, this more or less every day and describing uh-huh. the sounds in uh, color terms and whatever because we couldn't find anything that sounded like this. But I designed it in one direction and he was looking for examples. Uh, and a few months down the road, I was almost done and he finally found an example. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the intro of a carnivore, uh, carnival uh tune and he said well, something like this but not quite but in this direction and I said oh that's wonderful this, this is exactly what I was been designing towards so <laughs> oh, good <laughs> I was worried I was I was bracing myself for you to say oh I went in the exact opposite direction no 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 <laughs> <laughs> well that's good mm-hmm. so um, yeah so I thought okay I'll do one of these for the band um but if if you do something and it ends up fairly good, and you actually believe in it, so why do one for them and one for me? And so I did a hundred, and then uh, well, I I went to a shop. This is where I go into the synth part of the thing. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I did, I I also put a lot of effort into designing it so it would be playable. Um, you know, so you can control how much distortion or dirt you want for every tone with how hard you pick. Mm-hmm. And um, if I connected it to one of my synths and did like electric piano sounds, it worked, it sounded really, really good. So I brought it to a local store here in Stockholm called Jam. And said, well, I have this distortion. It works fine with synths. And you, one who owns the store, he said, well, nah. It's only two or three distortions in the world that works fine. <laughs> so, okay, then. So so he, he pulled out a TB303 and uh, tried it for 30 seconds and said, well, okay, I'll sell this. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. That must have felt good to to I mean, you obviously knew that it was good because you had a, a professional band wanting to use it on a record, but yeah. going into a shop like that and just have it instantly kind of be like, "Yep, I'll take them." That that has to be that has to be a great feeling. Yeah, that that felt really good. So so he he put it on um well, on Instagram or whatever and 3 days later I got the email from someone that I didn't know called Jack Knife Lee. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he asked if he could buy one. And I thought, Who, who's this? So I checked him out and it turned out that he, he's been producing uh, U2, R.E.M. and Taylor Swift and all sorts of people. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to... <laughs> uh, but I, I answered, well, do you really want this? Because... Uh, he wanted it for guitar, and I said, "Well, I designed this mainly for bass." And he said, that, "Well, he usually use, uses bass distortions for guitar because then he does, doesn't have to turn down the top end so much in the final mix." Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, 
so I had to express send one to to him in LA uh, because <laughs> because after that weekend he was going to start recording a band called Silver Sun Pickups that I never have heard of before. Oh yeah, I, I like Silver Sun Pickups. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, their uh, album Better Nature. Uh, I'm I'm not familiar with their album names. They had do what year did that come out? Uh, so yeah, it took a year before the album, almost a year before the album come came out. So it must have been two thousand maybe fifteen, maybe. Okay, yeah, th they had this this song called "Kissing Families." I think was the name of it, and I just that that was that's the song that really sticks out. But um, I'll have to go back and and see what which one of those albums I was into, and see if it was that one, mm -hmm. and uh, and take a listen and, and listen for the. The uh, your distortion. Uh, there's a lot of distortion there, so I don't know what's mine. And <laughs> but he, he sent me a picture. Oh, I was going <laughs> to ask if you could if you could pick it out. <laughs> uh, if, if you want to listen for for my distortion, then you can li listen to the Soan albums from the second and and onwards. Uh, okay, it's more or less just my distortion everywhere on on uh, on bass okay. mainly. Yeah, I always just thought that they uh, just multi-tracked. Uh, overdriven bass with like just a clean signal to keep the low end and then the distorted signal for the distorted side of it so that's that's cool that you solved that problem yeah, we did that on um, on the Tellurian album the, the second one uh huh um, there was more um, in the well the beginning of the band in a way uh, so we we actually did the uh, reamping of the bass in my basement at the time Okay. Yeah. So you were helping with recording engineering too? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And and you do mixing and stuff? Uh, not so much, but my, my role in the band has been uh, find tech for them, help out with uh -huh. um, uh, sponsoring deals, uh, rebuild or upgrade guitars and basses and so on. And uh huh. Well, solve all sorts of things. Yeah, you know, I, okay. for many years I've, I've been through a few startup companies and then what what, what you do is you, you solve all ty types of problems that arise. But um, I'm still a part of the band. I'm the first non-playing uh -huh. member. Because <laughs> 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 we, we all agreed that I, I suck at playing. Compared to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. Why did I get so into punk rock when I was learning how to play guitar? <laughs> nah, well, it, it, it's like when, when, I, when I got to know Martin here, I, I knew he was a well, drummer. And back then I thought the drummer is someone who hits the beat, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we went on tour and I realized that he, he actually he plays drums. And it's every... Uh -huh. Every hit and where he hits on the skins and how hard and and so on on the symbols. Every hit is intentional. So he's yeah. he's an amazing musician actually. Yeah, I've, it seems like in kind of the the metal end of music, uh, drummers have a, a lot larger role in the kind of just the the creation of the the songs the songwriting process yeah um, seems like it's yeah it's not as much I mean it, that's certainly it's not just in metal but it, from my experience it seems to be 
much more common for the drummer to be part of that experience, part of the writing and everything, and, and more of a member of the band rather than just like, I show up and hit things. Yeah. In this band, <coughs> Martin is the main guy. He, yeah. He, he writes, well, most of the bass riffs and a uh, large part of the guitar riffs and more or less, well, a lot. So. Yeah. That's man. That's kind of the dream there. That'd be fun. Um, so, I think I, I think yeah. I cut off. I I I, uh, I distracted us from the story. So so, <laughs> the uh, Silver Sun pickups. We were kind of doing the chron- the chronology of of you starting the company and getting into synth. So, your 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 pedal was kind of getting some attention from some some cool people. So so what happens after uh, this producer ends up buying one? Uh, well. Uh the, the guys at this point are you going into like I'm starting my company like I'm, I'm this is what I'm doing now well no well uh, at this <laughs> at this point we're at uh, 2014 I guess mm-hmm. uh, there was someone who told me that I, I should port this pedal into Eurorack so I had to look at the system uh, the wall well the, the building practice as such uh-huh and I thought it was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't, you can't recall anything. You can't save anything or anything. And but I, I thought mm-hmm. I'll have a look. Uh, so um, I, I've been a follower of Sonic State for many years mm-hmm. um, because of my other synths um, and. Um, I saw at Sonic State that there would be some kind of event in Cardiff uh, run by uh, well, Cumbria Beats. So, um, okay. Well, I thought, well, why not take a vacation and go there and have a look if if this is as stupid as I think it is, or if it might be <laughs> something. <laughs> so I went there. I, I brought my pedal, and no one was interested in it. So it, it uh, well. Just it stayed in my backpack, <laughs> but, but people were so nice, and, um, especially Simon, who who hosted the event. He's a guy behind Camry Beats, um, and even though he he knew that I I didn't have a system, I didn't have anything. Um, well, he showed me stuff and so on, and I, I bought my first two modules from him. So I, okay, so I bought two rings and. Um, Dope for uh, oscillator, and then I went home and bought a one row chassis of dope for one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, there, there was something with it. So it, it was, yeah, I don't know. I, I got, I got hooked in a way, I guess. And uh, <laughs> <That's> all of us, <laughs> yeah, and 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 also with the. The the UK synth community community is well, it's so nice. It, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, you know? So you know Ben Wilson, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Div kid. Yep. Yeah, I just just chatted with him the other day. Yeah, it seems like everybody out there is pretty pretty cool. Uh, Matt Hodson, I just talked to him not too long ago. He mm-hmm. he does stuff with Sonic State every once in a while. But yeah, it seems like a good community out there. Yeah, it is. It is. So, okay, so you're out there at this this meet, 
then you, you get hooked on Eurorack. <laughs> but so after you get hooked, are you kind of changing your mind about putting your pedal into Eurorack or? Uh, no, uh, I was supposed to do that. Uh, but I thought <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I needed to, uh, I needed to get familiar with, uh, the quirks or uh, well, mm -hmm. all the little things uh, in the system, so to speak, because well, uh, Dopfer ha has this. Uh, uh, well, there are specifications online, but I also realize that not everyone follow them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, you have to get to know what is the default or well, the well, de facto. Um, standard not the real one mm -hmm. and um, how am i going to do this and so on so i thought i'll start with doing something simple so well a tenny virtues is something that you always need mm -hmm. uh, so i'll I, I did a small small one and then i realized i could pack some more functions into it and uh, so I, I did this uh, a tenniverter, two tenniverters, and a mixer with a tenniverter on it, and a comparator in the same. Okay. Uh, that, w that was my first Eurorack product. So. Well, and this was like 2014, 2015? Uh, yeah, it must have been 2016, I guess. Okay, so still before there were 100,000 Eurorack companies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's but, a handful back then, probably. Uh, but still, quite, quite a, quite, well, a fair amount actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I'm it seems like there's just a new one every day now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, some of the new ones and also some of the existing ones are doing uh, just the same and the same kind of. So yeah. So I. All this time, I, I had this idea. I didn't. I didn't want to do so-called Me Too products. Mm -hmm. If you know what, what that is, um, it's like. So you have a filter, and I say, "Okay, Me Too." You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh huh. It, it has to bring something extra, I guess, in some way. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's. I, I might as well buy uh, Dopfer modules because. When I new, need a new function, the first thing I do is to check what Dopfer has because it's cheap and it's really good. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there, the, the, the Dopfer is the, the place to go when you want to learn what a certain type of module is and does, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> They're very straightforward, but very, very easy to use. Yeah, I, I always say if anybody's starting out and they have the money to get a simple system, just get a bunch of dope for stuff right off the bat. Yeah. And even if you gr grow your systems, you, you, you will need those, uh, well, bread and butter modules for later, so... Yeah, yeah. You, you'll start swapping some of the, the maybe some of the oscillator type stuff out for fancier stuff. But yeah, you'll 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 see that. Oh, I still have my my VCA and my LFOs, and mm -hmm. you know, really, really, yeah. They, they make a, a voltage controlled delayed LFO that I just love. Ah. I think that's one of the coolest modulation sources. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. For, for the LFO stuff, uh, if you just mm -hmm. want to buy one, <laughs> my. Uh, module number three that I bought, and I, I'm so happy that I did it. 
I, I bought um, a Batumi from Exotic Devices. Uh huh. Every I see people talking about yeah. that all the time, and I'm like, I'm afraid to to really look into it because I know I'm, I'm afraid that I'll want to buy one. <laughs> well, well, you sh should have a look at it because because it, it is voltage controllable. Uh, uh -huh. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> so so, you, first of all, you have four in in the same package, uh, mm -hmm. and it's voltage controllable, and you can sync every one of them to some external thing, which is really cool um, because I, my, my main interface towards my computer and my door is to sync things through my BeatStep Pro. And, okay. Uh, and then I could just use some of the um, uh, drum trigger outputs to, to sync, um, well, my Batumi or some of the channels in the Batumi, which is really cool. And, and if I... If I connect one of my, my, my switch in between this, so I have everything free running and then I just hit the switch and get them synced up and, and you get, you can have a very, well, free, uh, strange kind of patch and suddenly it, it just sits with the, with the main beat in some way and it's, oh. Okay. All right. Well, now, yep. Now I'm going to be checking that yeah. out later tonight. <laughs> Probably when I'm when I should be going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is a really good module. <laughs> this. So, so you make your attenuverter, and then is it the is it the wave folder that comes next? Yeah, I was supposed to do the distortion, but uh, <laughs> as we said earlier, with uh, the things you get, I, I got an idea late at night, and I just <laughs> had to go up and write down. Because I heard people talking about wave folders, and I, I didn't have the energy to check out what that is. But I, I thought, well, I can do it this way. Because I, that's also a thing. When I design things, I don't want to look at um, other people's designs too much. Because I don't, don't want to do rip-offs. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to... Well, wave folder, that, that is to me... Uh, kind of a, a description of a, or a problem or something. And then I think, how would I solve this? Because it's, it's more satisfying to do it that way, and I know it won't be a rip-off. So mm -hmm. I, I had an idea, and then I, well, I designed it that way. And when I was almost done, I, I checked how other wave folders worked, and I realized that I hadn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> the right way at all, <laughs> according to some people, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> because my folder, it folds once. Uh, oh, uh-huh. And it folds folds very cleanly. And it folds once from the... You can fold from the negative and the positive side individually. And then it also produces... When it's folding, during the time it's folding, it's also producing square waves. One for the okay, uh, for the negative folder and the one for the positive folder, which ends up. So it, it's more like a West Coast synthesis device um, than a normal wave folder. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's okay. It's doing all sorts of other things in it. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I still don't. I mean, I, I get the concept, but I haven't, um, I haven't taken a big plunge into a wave folding. But I, I know my friend Greg has has your wave folder and really likes it, and I, I like, I like what he does with it. Um, oh, at recovery effects, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I've got one of his distortions. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, he had which which one did which one did you get from him? Sound destruction device. Isn't that thing great? It, it, it is exactly what it's doing. It's completely horrible. <laughs> it de yeah. destroys everything that goes in, and it self oscillates. Uh -huh. And it's <laughs> I love it uh, because yeah. I, I, when when I got that I, at that point, I had been looking for uh, some extreme fuss type of pedal for my guitar. Uh -huh. And I tried all these, well, you know, the normal brands, and none of them were <laughs> extreme enough. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, he does great stuff. I, I, he has one called uh, a fuzz pedal called the Grizzled Mighty that I I really really like. Uh -huh. Um, and he he actually just I think released um a bass fuzz. Um, I think he's calling it Pearl. I think that's his bass fuzz that oh. he, he released recently. Um, and it's in module form, too. I have, have to check it out, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Gre Greg's a good guy. He's actually one of the reasons I'm into modular. I played uh, I played guitar in his band. Uh -huh. uh, we met probably six or seven years ago, and I, I just played guitar guitar for him um and then i started making electronic music and and i had him help me with like mastering and stuff he was kind of my uh hey what do you think of this track you know my my uh my friend who i could bounce ideas off of and uh after he got to know my like my style of music making he was like you have to get in to your iraq <laughs> this is this is the way to do it so yeah so if you're listening greg thank you Yes. And also... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, now, okay, so you didn't want to do the distortion, but I feel like I just saw something from maybe just a, a few weeks ago posting about your, your four-band it, it is. Uh, uh, I, I, I just put it on my website yesterday. It, it's not... Uh, well, all the, all the descriptions and so on are not done yet, and I've built uh, a bunch of them. Uh, but I have this idea that uh, a product isn't done until you have everything done. So the only uh -huh. thing missing right now is the manual. Okay. For both Which, for for uh, my distortion and also for my shape module. Okay. Wait, the what, the wave folder or. Is it the shape a different one? The shape is a different one. It it, it is oh, um, okay. well very odd take of a uh, almost like a transient designer, but not really. And it, it or like a distortion that doesn't compress, it makes the sound more um, airy. Okay. <laughs> so it goes backwards kind of And when do you <laughs> think these two will be market ready? Well um I hope tomorrow. I hope to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Well, then by the time this is released, they'll probably be ready to go. Then yeah, yeah. So oh, great. That's good timing. Yeah. So my my plan is to finish at least the first version of both these two manuals. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, and then I'll go into town and leave the first ones to escape from noise and jam the the two good stores in stockholm 
that awesome. they share the same store. So it's two companies in the same store. Well, yeah. Okay. And then uh, and shipping it out to other dealers as well, I guess. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I decided to reach out to you. God, like two, I guess it was the day before yesterday. I was like, yeah. I've been meaning <laughs> to reach out to you, and and for some reason it just. It just kind of I don't know maybe maybe the uh, the gods of uh, new module release <laughs> so, uh, led my <laughs> led me. <to laughs> so so how how did you find out about my, my stuff? Uh, through Greg actually. Ah okay. Yeah yeah because he he kind of yeah so he got me into it so what his his system was probably the the second or third system that I ever saw so when when he was telling me about it you know we'd walk through and he'd. Uh, you know, I'd ask him, "What's this?" and "What's this?" and uh, yeah, your uh, your wave folder was one of them. Ah. And then yeah, I just started following you on Instagram, and yeah, I just kind of like to I like to see what's going on out there, what everybody's doing. Um, and yeah, I've been interested in the 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 bass distortion pedal because I I love I love me some dirty bass. So mm. on on the topic of that, the the uh, the distortion, yep. did you have to do much? I mean, obviously, you had to do some changing of the, uh, you know, for the PCB and stuff for the layout. But did you have to change the circuit at all to make it make more sense in your in your rack format, or or did you did you find a way to just just transpose it basically? Well, um, a large part is transposed, but I um, uh, well, it has to work for five volt levels. But I, I mm-hmm. kept the guitar input, so it it, um, it is also so it's both a Eurac thing, but it's also uh, guitar or bass or something else uh, high set uh, input on it. Oh, cool! So you could also connect your uh, normal synths in there and uh, bring them up to Eurac level through it, um, and it will in bypass mode. It will warm up the sound a little bit and uh but not not much oh wow that's that's super useful that's that's awesome <clears throat> now did you put a quarter inch jack on it yeah oh really that's oh wow that's awesome <laughs> that's super cool but because when i when i started doing this i i also thought that um why limit yourself to to doing synth music and so on so um i Early on, thought that uh, th- this could be f- for myself uh, a good way to do outboard gear because uh-huh. because the infrastructure is so cheap compared to if you buy 19-inch uh, units or or if you go for a 500 system 500 or something. So um, I, I mean, I, I can build uh, well. <laughs> I don't know how much I. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just built two two row chassis, and uh, the the expensive parts that's that uh, the power, and that yeah. is, that is twenty five dollars for uh, uh, for the power. Uh, that can supply four rows, and then you have the aluminum rails, and they are about uh, s- let's see seven dollars each 
I guess. Uh huh. And then that's yeah, it. Yeah, people always wonder why this stuff's so expensive, but it's like, yeah, the individual parts add up. So, so wait, you, you you built, so you you're building. Let me make sure I'm understanding. You're building a a, a chassis for the module to plug into in case you want to use it in non-module form. Uh, Is that what you're saying? Well, well, I well, I, I build my old chassis, but but uh, uh-huh. what I I want to do is also run uh, my my module as outboard gear, so out from my door and through it and in again and so on and uh, incorporate. Oh, I it, see. Yeah. Okay. And, and very cool. Yeah, and since you all have all these uh, expert sleepless things now, you, you could could integrate it a lot more than you could before yeah yeah well yeah with like the the es8 and everything yeah well that sounds really exciting i'm i'm excited to uh to uh try this this distortion out mm-hmm. and, and you want to tell us about the shape the shaper a little bit we're actually we're getting pretty close to time to uh to draw <laughs> some adjectives and nouns for you to, to try a patch challenge ah, but okay um de- definitely want to uh hear about uh the the shape module as well uh well the shape module it, it is uh, the core of it is a compressor uh, limiter thing but that is very similar to my limit module um mm-hmm. so it's a super soft knee or multiple knees uh compressor and what what it's doing is that when you compress things, uh, even if it's a transparent compression, that is a form of distortion. Mm-hmm. So what you can do with this is you, uh, when you, well, so that, that type of distortion is adding upper harmonics. So it, you could also separate out these upper harmonics um, on a, a separate channel. Um, and you could also, oh, let's see. <laughs> so <laughs> so if, if you have a transient sound, uh, you get one channel with the newly produced upper harmonics that only will be present during the very transient part of that sound if you tune it that way. And then you have another channel where you will have something that is the original sound minus the newly produced upper harmonics, which means that you only have mainly the tail of the sound there. Oh, wow. So you... Okay. Yeah. And and if you uh, run something that is harmonically very rich and, um, yeah, in some way um, transient or harmonically very rich, you could use this as a, a stereo spreader or some kind of a pseudo stereo device. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I like the sound of that. It's yeah, and and the the, the core of it is um, it is this uh, uh, very similar to to my triple limiter module. So uh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, that sounds really interesting. So th- that actually, you you said earlier that it kind of is a little more airy. That that makes that that made that description <laughs> that kind of locked it in a little bit better for me. That's that sounds that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I, I, so it's not it's. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I've, I've had <laughs> when I, uh, I was doing it, I, I was telling Ben, a div kid, uh, uh-huh. and he said, "Well, how 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 do you do this?" And, and uh, we it ended up being a very long conversation of, of um, <laughs> explaining how this works uh, because it's yeah, it's I, I have to do demos, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to checking those demos out and. Uh, yeah, and and trying it out personally. Um, yeah, this is great timing. This I feel like we could talk about so much more stuff. Um, we're already at an hour now, so uh, <laughs> if you're ready for your your words, I got them for you. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I think this this might be one of my favorite random adjective and noun uh, <laughs> pairings. It's solar hierarchy. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. That almost sounds kind of uh, prog metal. That sounds like a prog metal album. To yeah, me. it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before I, before I let you get out making that patch, is there anything that um, that we haven't covered that you wanted to uh, to make sure that you could shout from the modular mountaintops? Uh, well, if I should shout something, it, it would be that there are a few other companies that I, I think are doing really cool stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, one is, uh, one I think you have close by, Eric Schlappi. You know him. Oh, I I love Eric. We actually just went down to Portland and uh, I, got, I got to go out and uh, hang out and get some beers with him. And him and my wife talked sci-fi novel, mm-hmm. novels. And yeah, he he is such a sweetheart, and all the listeners know how much I love the angle grinder. Yeah, that thing is just so cool. It, it is, it, it, it is like when he he was talking about when he did that. He said, "Well, I had this circuit, and and he thought, oh, what about what if I put put four of them into this thing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, I I had the same type of uh, idea when I when I did my uh, triple limiter. I thought, well, uh-huh. what, what if I Oh, I should have a soft knee on this limiter. But what if I put eight soft knees in a row? <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Times three, plus and minus side. So it's it's a well a shed load of uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of knees in that thing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Eric has one. Uh, another company yeah. that I think is doing really. Uh, cool stuff apart from exotic devices of course is uh, mm-hmm. instru jason at instru yeah yeah so i just got um, the... uh what's it called harmonig yep that's another one greg keeps telling me about that i've been really wanting to try out mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's another one of those designers that i have great respect for mm-hmm I'll stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, yeah, I want to get, uh, I want to get somebody from Instro on the show for sure. Um, I need to reach out. Um, it's hard for me to remember who I've reached out to and who I've talked to. I need an assistant or something. Um, so if you're listening and you want an assist, be my assistant for, for, uh, no pay at all. <laughs> uh, just kidding. All right. Well, so what I usually do is, um, uh, what we can hang up for 15 minutes. Okay, great. So how was that? (laughs) Short and stressful. (laughs) (laughs) 
but, solar hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that, that it, is, it can be. <laughs> that's good. That, that, these are good words. Solar, then it could be kind of open and sparkly and nice. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm 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 a big sci-fi nerd in in a way. So I also think about the reactions on the sound. So, uh huh, yeah, burning. Okay, so so going into <laughs> it, you were <laughs> you were you were a little nervous about the the time restraint, and uh, did you find that the time went fast or slow or oh, very fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, every, everybody's intimidated by it, but I think it's I think it's a fun fun exercise to see what you can do. Um so uh yeah, did you use some of your own modules in it? Uh yes, a bunch of them. So uh, Right on. If you want, I can tell you what what will be going on in into it. Yeah, um, let's hear it. I patched up a reverb uh with my well, running a mono thing, or well, just took something out, and uh, was driving uh, two reverb tanks with my attenuator because it can drive tanks. And then, uh -huh. then I'm using the distortion, two of the distortions for what's coming back. So you get a super big stereo reverb, almost too big, <laughs> 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 if there's a, such a thing. And then I patched my. Waldorf NW1. Uh, oh yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, I or I shouldn't talk too much now because we talked a lot already. But, <laughs> but I, they they had them on sale, uh, so they were like a little bit over two hundred dollars, I guess. And I bought it to have it use it as a glitchy noise machine, like uh, uh -huh. yeah, which is great for, but it's also great for other things. So I'm not using the glitchy noisy thing here. So it's I'm running that in mono into my shape module and um, did some glitchy things that are moving around it in stereo. But it's it it's not panned. It it is the module that is pu pulling the sounds apart and it makes it move if you pan it in stereo. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you hear it. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and some uh, rippy bass sound, just uh, dope for oscillator via uh, my wave folder, and then into this uh, distortion again. That is, mm -hmm. that I s controlled with the uh, the Batumi. So, all right, so we're hit. We're hitting all the points that we talked about. This will this will be great for us to <laughs> to get a sonic res representation of what we were talking about. Yeah, and th then I did well. I wanted something that, yeah, in in the 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 base of the to to make it easy for me, I I just hooked up the Turing machine to the Harmonig. Um, mm. So that that is what's running all of it. So I I don't really know what's going to come out. <laughs> um, uh, and I connected rings to it, and uh, so rings is going clean into the reverb and through well also through another shape module and and then I'm using uh, the attenuator as an audio mixer okay uh, and out from if you use it as an audio mixer 
uh, there's a comparator in it, and the comparator is plus minus five volts, so it's an audio out if you don't want to use it as a logical thing. Uh, so I set that up to do glitchy things that I run into a chrono blob, um, and then I can oh. hook that up to. If I hook it up to my beat step, I'm not using the beat step other than controlling a chrono blob, but then I can have okay. Uh, well, part of the 16 steps being one tempo and another another part, another tempo, so it gets glitchy and uh, it, it moves the sound a bit. <laughs> and I love the Chrono Blob. It, it's a good one, and it's small yeah, and compact. Yeah, it's a real so fun one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I, I... Well, that sounds like... A, I, I also... Oh, oh, there's more. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, kind of a little bit of cheating, but I, I have a half a row or a third of a row in my system is my drum machine, which, which, uh -huh. which is uh, one of these Euclidean circle things. And, uh, uh -huh. well, just some drum modules, and they almost always go through my limit because that, that makes drums sound really powerful. Yep. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, the the limiter, the, your limiter sounds very appealing because yeah, that's something that I've always had trouble is getting my drums to really cut through my patches. Yeah, yeah, and, and that one it's also both AC or DC coupled, so you can use it on control signals as well. From, oh, nice. Yeah, from the start I did because I I got this uh, pan mix from Happy Nerdling, and all the VCAs in that is is designed for five volt VCAs uh, for um, envelopes, and I had my dope stuff and my MFB stuff is doing eight volts out and so on. And if you don't run that into a exponential thing, it gets really hard to control the the levels. So I thought, well, why don't I just instead of just trying to well attenuate them, I I brick wall limit them to plus minus five volt, and then I, yeah, well, one thing led to another, and so on. <laughs> As it does when patching, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and designing. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to hear about it or hear it, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for for staying up so late to do this. Oh, can I tell you just one more thing? The, the, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Well, I, I mainly build things, but I've actually done something that is uh, released as well. Uh, I've done. Oh, okay. Well, it's just half a song, so I did it with, together with my <laughs> friend David, who's doing uh, good stuff. So it's under the name Numb. Um, How do you spell that? N U M B. Okay. Uh, so it, it is on Spotify, and uh, it's there's an album that I called Comfortable. So I'm on ho <laughs> half a song on that album. It's, it's a really good album, actually. Uh, I listen to it when I fly because it's so, okay. so soft and so on. And we've been talking about um, uh, doing a next album. Uh, that, that's an old one. It's, I don't know, six years old or something. Um, so we've been talking about trying to do something maybe this autumn or something. And then it will be a lot of modular in it. So nice. Okay. So check out Num on it's you said it's on Spotify? Yep. Uh, is is it on Bandcamp at all or uh, no, I don't think so. 
the little play on comfortably numb. Yeah. And I'm actually, f- I'm flying uh, a week from Friday. I'm going to fly out to Michigan for some school training stuff. So uh, maybe I'll have to put that, I'll have to download that one to my phone yeah. for my for my flight. Yeah, do. <laughs> do you want to hear a short, funny other story about how I got into there? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my friend David, he, he, he started a label some years ago and he wanted to do something for well niche electronic music um mm-hmm. so uh, at that time I, I i bought two monotrons you, you know these little korg ones <laughs> yeah yeah so one for me and my son who was i don't know three or four years old at the time and i started doing really silly monotron music and sending to him and saying well <laughs> is this niche enough and you know <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just to be silly, and uh, uh-huh. it, it turned out that he he kind of liked it because um, <laughs> he's been in the music business uh, for a long time, and he used to do all the web pages for Sony Music Sweden and uh, and so on. And so all his friends are more or less high-profile uh, musicians, and mm-hmm. none of them would ever do anything as silly as that and send to him because no no one wants to be caught with their pants down so yeah 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 so, <laughs> but that that in the end uh, ended up with saying he said well bring some of your stuff and come over and see if we can do something so i packed my v-synth and my guitar and some other stuff into my car and went there for a weekend and we played a bit and uh, good fun and then a few months can, passed, and uh, I got an email from him saying, "Hey, I'm releasing an album next way and the next next week." And uh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, and then he named the tune like a really bad joke. It's called Dawn. It is like Dawn, my name, W uh, for the last name. And then he just moved in the W, so it ended up being Dawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, what? where could we hear that? Well, that that is on um, on that album, that uh, oh, okay. number album. Okay. All right. Okay, I get you. Mm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to check that out. So Yeah, well, thank you so much. This is uh this is great to get some background on you and, and hear about the new stuff coming out and uh, yeah appreciate your time my pleasure
How about that episode, y'all? How about that patch challenge? I want to thank Dan for coming on to the show, and I want to direct all y'all to dpw.se to learn more about all of his amazing modules and to keep up on what he's doing. Um, Don't forget to check out expertsleepers.co.uk. Go check out Recovery Effects. That Dirty Murals delay looks super cool. Um, Patchworks and Modular Seattle present Velocity, October 5th. Please, please come to town and visit me. We're going to do a live podcast. Um, Needham Woodworks. Did I already mention that? And, uh, yeah, I just want to give another shout-out to, um, to the Ann Arbor Record Store, Encore Records. I just That was just such a, a great, perfect experience for what I like to do in record stores. Um, yeah, I think I have rambled enough. I really appreciate your... Uh, you're listening and uh, if you want to help support the show go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and we'll see you next week see you can you i'm not going to see you you're not going to see me <sighs> why do i get hung up on these things i love you bye <laughs>